You're listening to the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, episode two. And if your teen has ever left an assignment to the last minute or gotten started early but taken way longer over it than was necessary, then this episode is for you. I'm Katie Jones, and with over 15 years in education as an award-winning high school teacher, international external examiner, and as a study coach, I've helped thousands of students skyrocket their results and confidence. And this podcast is where I share all my insights, tactics, and tips with you, the parent, so you can help your hardworking team get happy, smart, and successful in their study, and have you both enjoy the journey along the way. This is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast. Hi, VIPs, and welcome back. VIP, very important parent. I am so excited that you are here for episode two. I really appreciate your time and dedication to your teen success and happiness and for listening in to this podcast. And that's why I'm really focused on giving you everything I can to help you understand how education works these days and what's really required for strategic study and exam performance. Now, I really wanted to give you a good foundation in these first five podcast episodes and a really useful overview of the main things that make the biggest difference to the students I work with, how they study and their results and their confidence. So if you haven't already listened to episode one, I started with the study success formula because so many students are working really really hard, but not getting the results that reflect their effort or ability. And that formula reveals exactly why that's happening. That there's something missing most likely in their skills of application, in being able to put the subject knowledge that they've learned across in the way it is required, in the way that a question is worded or in a way a mark scheme demands. And a common way this actually shows up is by your teen studying for hours and either producing lots of busy work, they're going around in circles or agonizing over things or redrafting, or perhaps they're just putting things off, leaving things to the last minute and then having to rush or stay up half the night to get them done. But either way, it's super frustrating for you as the parent. You're thinking, why is this taking so long? Or surely this amount of work isn't actually what's required to get this done. Or you're nagging or you're bribing to try and get them to take action and actually get the thing done. So that's what I want to talk to you about today, how to stop your teen procrastinating. Because procrastination is different to not being motivated. A lack of motivation comes from a different mindset to procrastination. Procrastination is, I know I need to or want to get this thing done, but I just can't seem to get started. Or it just keeps dragging on. I can't get it finished. It's not getting finished. Whereas unmotivated is more apathetic. It's a lack of energy or drive to just do the task or even a want to achieve the outcome. Now, I know that motivation can be an issue for some students, and I definitely do get emails about that from parents. So I expect I will do an episode on motivation in the future. But given that this is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, then we're going to focus on procrastination right now. Why it happens, 
how it sometimes is happening a little bit sneakily without us even realizing it. And I'm going to give you the two keys to overcoming it. Now, I've got lots of examples of helping students get over their procrastination. And there are two who really stuck in my mind when I started planning out this episode. One was Bianca, who I coached a couple of years ago. And then there's Shayna, who I helped with this particular hurdle just a few months back. Both of these students were dedicated students. They were getting mostly great results. So why were they procrastinating over particular tasks, even in Bianca's case, a subject that she really loved. So let's start with Bianca. Bianca was in year 12. She had a drama extended response to write. She was going through the 10 week grade transformation program at the time. That's my flagship program. It's where I train your teen in the skills of application in detail, as well as how to build and revise their subject knowledge more effectively. So we do address both parts of the study success formula, but there's definitely an emphasis on those application skills, the performance techniques. Now, in this program, students get to come to three live group coaching calls. And on one of them, she asked me to help her stop procrastinating and get this extended response finished. Now, she said she'd written part of it, but she just couldn't seem to get the rest of it done. It was just sitting half finished and it had been hanging over her for, I think it was like at least a week. And because she's a good student... She had been busy trying to make progress and she was doing notes and rereading the play, but she was like, I just can't seem to finish it. Now, I didn't start asking her about her mindset or her motivation levels or her time management or scheduling because from experience, I know these things weren't the things that were going to be stopping her from making progress. Instead, I got her to screen share with me the task sheet and we talked through the key components. We broke down the wording of the task, dissected the marking criteria, not by me doing that for her, but by asking her some strategic guiding questions and getting Bianca to talk me through it in her own words. And here's what happened. As she went through... I realized that in those task instructions, there was one key term she kind of skipped over. She just didn't mention it in her explanation of what she had to do. And that really was the trigger. That was the alarm bell. So I specifically asked, what do they mean by whatever that specific wording was? Unfortunately, I can't exactly remember what it was. But after a couple of ums and a bit of a waffly guess, (laughs) it was clear to both of us that even though she was familiar with the term, she wasn't 100% clear on what it really meant and therefore how she was going to answer it or address it in her response without her waffling around it, that is. That was what was keeping Bianca stuck. That one bit of vocabulary was what was making her think she just wasn't motivated. So what was the solution? What do we do? Not more research, not more study notes or mind maps or rereading or watching the play. That's what I call productive procrastination. It's where we keep ourselves busy with tasks that feel productive. They feel like they should be moving us closer to getting the task done. So if your teen is always studying but not always getting tasks done or done efficiently and to a high standard, then they may well be a productive procrastinator. I know this has been me for sure. So the solution was the good old-fashioned 
Ask the teacher to clarify what that key term is really meaning or use the textbook or whatever resource it required in order to get clear on that specific element. Once Bianca had that clear in her head, she could get stuck in and complete the task because she had clarity. If your team does not have total clarity on what they're doing, they are not going to have a clear and direct path to completion. And then that's when we start taking diversions and we take the long winding road instead, which is why it's so important for your team to have a systematic approach to breaking down tasks and the wording of questions. So they don't allow themselves to skip over certain parts or miss them. Now, the other student I mentioned is Shayna. Shayna was on a coaching call telling me about how she was procrastinating over a relatively simple summary homework task that she had to do. Now, it's funny how sometimes it's the things that sound simple or feel like they should be straightforward. They're sometimes the things that actually keep students the most stuck. And here's why. The more basic the wording or the less words there are, the less information we actually have to go on. And this kind of happens, especially in essay questions. And I am going to do an episode on essays very soon. So I'll go into this in more detail then. But essay questions or titles where they just give a short statement and then say, discuss, can often be more overwhelming for students than the essays where they have long but much more specific wording. So Shana was feeling kind of embarrassed a little bit sort of annoyed with herself for not just getting this summary done. It was just a summary of uh, an extract from some text. So same as with Bianca, I asked her some strategic questions about the task, like how long does the summary actually have to be? Is it a page? Is it 100 words? What is the format? Is it bullet point notes? Is it a paragraph? Does it need to be a mind map? I got her to tell me about the task in her own words in detail. And yes, you guessed it. There were things, in fact, quite a few things Shayna wasn't really sure on. Now, that wasn't her fault. She hadn't been told any of those things. She'd just been told to write a summary, to summarize the information they'd been given. And that's not to say that the teacher was at fault in their instructions. Part of the exercise may well have been to have students decide on the best format for themselves. But either way, she didn't have 100% clarity. In fact, I'd say she wasn't even at that stage, maybe 50% clear on what the exact format or the steps were. So some of the specifics we decided on there and then from what Shana did know about the original text, the purpose of doing the summary, what it was leading up to, and some things just like Bianca that she needed to go away and find out. But it meant she went away with clear action steps. Even if the action step is go and find out about this, you know what you're going to do to go and find it out and it's specifically what you need to ask. So she knew exactly what she needed to do to move forward and we even set specific timings for her to do that. Now, if you're interested, a little while ago, I did go back to our coaching call archives and I found this exact coaching call and picked out the key parts of it for a blog video. So I will link that up in the show notes for you so you can go and check that out. Now, here's the really important thing I want to make clear from these two real life student examples. No amount of nagging, bribery, carrots or sticks or wall planners, or homework diaries, or to-do lists for that matter, (laughs) would have solved the reasons 
for this procrastination, the root causes, because procrastination is not solved by creating time deadlines or putting in rewards. I know that is the advice we sometimes hear and have probably tried to use. And it's not that those things can't be useful in other aspects of study, whether it's time management, getting organized and efficient, prioritizing tasks, but they're not going to solve those root causes of what is keeping your teen stuck. It doesn't matter how big the reward is, if we really don't know exactly what we're supposed to be doing or how we're supposed to be doing it, we can't move forwards. Or at best, we're just going to be guessing. So when we try to solve an issue by addressing the symptoms rather than the root cause, that just leads to more and more frustration on both sides. So let's take a moment to talk about what this procrastination can actually look like. Now, I already mentioned productive procrastination, where we end up doing 20 things other than the thing we really need to be or want to be doing. So this is not just whiling away time on social media or watching cat videos or binging Netflix. These are things where we feel like the tasks we're actually procrastinating with are important or productive. Now for me, it's checking my emails. It's something that feels productive. It's something that needs to be done. There's always emails to be responded to. So it also kind of feels necessary. And I get to mentally tick things off or revel in the achievement of getting my inbox to zero. Yes, I am one of those people. I do that with my work inbox. Always inbox to zero every day. But before you get too much of this rosy one-sided view of my ninja organization skills, my personal email, nowhere near zero. (laughs) Now, for your teen, it could also be them checking emails. It might also be watching tutorial videos on the topic that they're working on, writing out summary notes, doing more research. That is a very common one where they figure that if they just had more information, then something will suddenly click and they'll be able to move forwards. Now, you might be thinking back to Bianca's example. That could be true. If she'd found out along the way in doing all of that additional research, what that key element, that key word really meant that she wasn't sure on, then that could have been helpful. But in that case, it still wouldn't have been the most effective route to solving that issue. She wouldn't have been specifically looking for that information. She might have got there, but not in the fastest way. Now, there's a second type of procrastination I see students getting stuck with, and that is perfectionist procrastination. So we've got productive procrastination and perfectionist procrastination. Try saying that (laughs) five times fast. Now, this is where they keep going over or redoing or refining things that they've already done or just making things so perfect as they go that it is a huge time sap. Things like making notes but spending ages making them look beautiful with the swirly writing and the color matched headings. Now, I will also be clear on this. Color coding is part of effective note taking if the colors actually have meaning and they're used systematically. This is not the same as just using colors to make things look beautiful. (laughs) Or they're spending ages choosing fonts on a typed assignment or the perfect image for a front cover, or they keep changing their minds over a character name in a narrative. These are all things that aren't actually going to achieve any more marks or improve the effectiveness or the quality of their work, but they make things feel more perfect and they are 
on task, like they are studying or they're doing something related to that study. So the first step is identifying when procrastination is happening. I see so many students spending lots of time studying, and I'm making those little finger quote marks there, studying, but doing things that aren't actually strategic in terms of getting tasks done and done to a high standard in the most efficient way. So yes, it might just be putting something off. It might be sneakily happening by keeping busy with productive procrastination or perfectionist procrastination. And the problem with those is that they're not even relaxing or enjoying other things in their life. They're still just spending time working. And then of course, the second step is to overcome it. Now, I mentioned that I asked Bianca and Shana some specific questions. So I will share them here with you so you can use them too. At a general level, we want to be figuring out the what and the how. If they're lacking clarity, they're going to be unsure about some aspect of what to do or how to do it. Now, if I just ask a student, do you know what you have to do? That's too vague. First of all, they could just say yes. (laughs) But if it was Shana, she'd say, yes, I know what to do. I have to write a summary. For your teen, it might be, yes, I have to revise this topic or I have to write an analytical essay. So they kind of do know what they have to do, but it is too vague. It doesn't get to the nitty gritty details and it doesn't address the how. So here are some much more specific high performance questions. Do they know what every word in the question or title or task really means? What specific things they need to do or discuss or include, or just as importantly, not include? What evidence or examples will they use and how many do they need? What do they actually have to produce? In Shana's case, what format is that summary going to be in? Is it going to be a paragraph, bullet points? Is it going to be a mind map? What is it actually going to look like? What will they see on the page when it is done? And then the how. How will they chunk down a larger task? What subtasks can we break it into? How many words might that require for each section if there's a word limit or a word count? How long do they plan to give themselves to do it? How many sources or references do they really need? How will they revise that topic? If they're revising, what specifically does that involve doing or producing? How will they know that they know it and understand it in terms of that content? These are all ways to really dig into the task and figure out how to perform at a high level in it. Because we don't just want to get it done, they also want to get it done at a high level. So aside from sharing what procrastination really is and those two sneaky types that mean we might not always even realize that that's what we're doing, most importantly, I really want you to take away from this episode the fact that The true root causes of procrastination are different to there just being a lack of motivation. And therefore, we can't treat it or solve for it in the same way. We can't use nagging. We can't use rewards or sanctions. Because the real reasons that hardworking students procrastinate sometimes are because there is something they're not clear on. There'll be something they're not sure about. And that something is what's stopping them from progressing and figuring out the missing what or the missing how and shining a light on it is how you can help your teen get past whatever that hurdle is. 
Now, if you're finding this information and these tips helpful and you want to make sure you automatically get each new episode delivered to your podcast library, then please make sure to tap subscribe or follow on your podcast app. And what would be super amazing is if you know another parent who would find this information helpful, then I would love for you to share this podcast with them or just pop a link on your social media. I really hope you have a fantastic day. I hope you'll join me for the next episode and I will see you back here with it very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you head on over to www.rocksolidstudy.com and sign up for my free parent guide. The three huge mistakes even smart students make in exams and assignments and how to fix them immediately. And I'll see you back here next week.